Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Last week we had a wonderful service and God moved and that's, that is something that we're always ready for, always willing to flow with, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to move as He wills and we always will. And sometimes He wills, sometimes He desires that, we, that it's just a, it's a service. We do the things we normally do, and, but we're always listening. We're always expecting God to move. And uh, last week, we, the, the way he moved was primarily through encouragement, exhortation. And uh, that's good. That's biblical. That's, that's the kind of stuff you saw in that Paul encouraged in the New Testament. But that's not the only way God moves. There are also times when, uh, when we're supposed to minister as he leads through other things. The Bible says there are many gifts. And, and as we go through, continue on, I believe into next year, uh, we'll be talking more and more about the gifts and how to operate in them and how they work as a body, how, how, the, the, how God uses the body of Christ to, uh, to display the gifts, to operate in the gifts, to touch not only the body. That's, that's just kind of the proving or the, the, tr- the, the practice ground is where it happens here. Here it's safe. You know, it's safe for you to stand up and say, you know, God says, just told me to tell you this, and, and most of us aren't going to go, ooh, you're strange. But then, if you feel led to lay hands on somebody and pray for them for their healing, well, that's another whole level of of uh, you know obedience, being able to do that. If we, if you're practicing it here, as we as we minister here, if the Lord leads you to pray for somebody, hey, talk to me about it. Come up to me during worship. I I, you know, I have people come up during worship and say, hey, the Lord just said I should say this. Hey, sounds good. Let's go for it. Well, the same thing could happen with the laying on of hands. The you know for healing. It, the by the way, First uh, Corinthians says that there is given to each one a gift as the Spirit wills. And then sometimes that gift is healing. Now you might think, well, wait a second, I don't have a healing ministry. No, it's not you doing it anyway. You're just being obedient to the Holy Spirit as He leads you in whatever. It could be a, a, a sign and a wonder, a miracle. Hey, I'm up to seeing a miracle. It would be awesome. Be wonderful. Could be an operation of faith, the Bible says. This has nothing to do with my sermon. I don't know why we got here, but here we are. It could be operation of faith. It could be a a prophetic word. And and last week was encouragement, exhortation. I don't know that it was a prophetic word, but it could be. Absolutely. The gifts are still in operation today. It could be a tongue and an interpretation. Now, usually we don't pray in tongues during our services, but we believe in praying in tongues. We believe, uh, we believe that the Holy Spirit, when He fills us, gives us gifts, and one of the gifts is to be able to pray in the Spirit and to honor Him and to pray better and to, and to encourage and, and uplift ourselves. You know, the Bible says that it, it edifies the, the one who's praying and so on and so forth. But it also gives, gives some guidelines to do how to do it and when to do it in services. If someone prays in, a, in the Spirit, I mean, we could all sit here and pray in the Spirit right now. We could. We could just take the rest of the service and start praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. Um, but we don't because the Bible says, Paul said, that... If somebody comes in who has no idea what we're talking about or what's, go, what's happening, unless there's explanation or an interpretation, 
It's just a waste of time. Now, there are times when we have prayer meetings where we just pray in the Spirit. Believers meetings, times when we do that. But in, in these services, there may be some time when somebody has a tongue uh, where, they, where they say something out in tongues, and then somebody else by the Spirit interprets it. That's awesome. We want that. We encourage that. Now, that's, that for many people would be a whole nother level of faith and obedience. Okay, that's just, whoo, that's stepping out there. But, hey, how many want to keep going higher and higher with the things of God? <laughs> I hear you. Because every time God asks you to do something, you know, a little bit stranger, it's hard. It's, it's a hard thing. You have to get over that fear of man. Fear, you know, uh, pride. It's, okay, let's just say, everybody say the word pride. pride. It's pride. Because what if somebody looks at us and thinks, oh, that, you're weird. Oh, what if, what if I miss it? You know, people don't want to miss it. People don't want to make mistakes. Well, none of us want to make mistakes. But if you never step out beyond yourself, in obedience, you'll never know if you would have made a mistake or not. The mistake could be sitting there and saying nothing. That could be the mistake. Praying for somebody, laying hands on somebody, could be, you know, not doing it could be the mistake. That could have been the, the moment when that miracle was supposed to happen. We don't know. But it's by faith. I've found over the years that when, when the Holy Spirit has led me to do something and I've stuck my neck out to do it, cool things happen. God happens. Things, things you know, that I would have never thought could happen do. And so by faith, as we, as we step out by faith, first of all, we have to believe that God will do something through us. And that brings us to today's sermon. Whew, there you go. I knew we'd come back to that sooner or later. Faith. What is faith? One of the things that's been on our heart uh, lately is to, is to really define some of these things. And, and someone asked me recently, how come I don't speak on faith ever or very little? And, and because of the kind of church we are, we should be talking about it more. Yeah, absolutely we should be talking about it. There's all kinds of things we've needed to talk about over the, 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 the years. But there's, we're walking into a season now where faith, understanding how to operate in the power of God, is going to take faith. And what does that mean? What does it mean to walk by faith? Well, a good place to start and to, to define that is Hebrews chapter 11. People know it as the faith, or the, the faith chapter or the, the heroes of our faith chapter. They call it all kinds of different things. But let's read there and, and uh, see what the, the Word has to say. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their, their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God 
to come uh, a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as a righteous or commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he could not see, should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith. What is faith? Is faith just a matter of believing? Does Is faith just a matter of understanding who God is and accepting the fact that he exists? Well, this verse or these verses hit on a number of those points. One of them being that, you you know, faith, it's impossible to please God without faith. That anyone who pleases God has to first of all believe that He exists. Right? But the Bible also says that the demons believe that He exists. So there's something more than just that. People, I've, I've, as I've you know, throughout the years, and as I've shared my faith and 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 talked about uh, you know the kingdom of God, and, and especially with people who don't know, you know, haven't aren't saved or aren't born again or whatever, and somebody will say, "Well, I believe there's a God. I just don't know who He is, or I don't know how He wants to present Himself, or or she, or whatever." You know, they they just they're agnostics more than they're really atheists or anything else. They they okay, there's something out there. I just don't know what it is. I don't understand it. Well, you can believe that God exists, but unless you believe the second part of that verse, it isn't faith. You believe that God exists and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. A rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. What does it mean that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? If we took a poll, I mean, if I just threw the word out there and say, define for me rewarder, what does that mean? What does it mean that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? You probably would come up with a whole bunch of different answers because we don't use that word. We don't use that word as in our common, you know, uh, I am the rewarder of my children. I am the rewarder of the staff at River Valley Christian Church. I am the re- you know, we don't use the word rewarder. What does that mean? It's kind of an old word. What does it mean? Well, we have to go back to the original language and look it up. And, I, and I'm not obviously in any way, shape, or form a uh, Greek uh, anything. It's all Greek to me. Um, but I know I have, I have the tools. You know, I've got the tools that that can, can give me the answers. Let's first look at the word faith. Because we we, I think we have a pretty good grasp of what faith is, but maybe not. Let's take a look at it. And have you ever looked at the Blue Letter Bible? Anybody ever looked that up? Use the Blue Letter Bible. If you look up blb.org, it has, uh, you can type in any word in the Bible and it starts giving you answers. It starts giving you background on what those, what those words. It's, how many ever, oh, way back, this is for old people now. 
How many of you old people had a Strong's Concordance? On your, how many of you still have a Strong's Concordance somewhere on a shelf? My shelf is now like this, you know, because the whole name Strong's, because that thing was about that thick and about that big. I mean, this, you know, you could grab onto it during a, you could grab onto that during a tornado, a high wind, and you're not going anywhere. But it had every single word in the Bible chronicled. I mean, even the words and and the were chronicled in the Strong's Concordance. Well, they've taken the Strong Concordance and they've put it into a handy-dandy little app. Amazing. I love technology. Now you can just type the word in, hit Strong's Dictionary or whatever, and it gives you all of the stuff you have to... You know, and flip through all those pages, and then find it, and then find the one that was used in that specific verse, so on and so forth. It was a lot of labor intensive, a lot of time intensive. But I, for for about ten years, that's how I wrote every sermon that I wrote, all the way through youth, you know, to my youth group years, all my all the you know abundant life, assistant pastor, some of the years here, I used that Strong's Concordance to verify that the words that I was saying were the right words. Because you don't want to be making up the words. You got to look it up. You got to look it up. You got to know what it means. Now it's nice because it's in an app. So I looked up faith. Actually, I think there's a whole stack of them back in the. Is there a whole stack of uh, papers left on the on the usher table right back there? I think I have this thing that I printed out for last week. Is it still there? You can let's let's hand those puppies out. There should be about seventy five up there. They are. I can see them. They're coming. So you can look it up too. I just remembered that I had, that's what I had uh, printed up for last week and then never used them. But faith. Faith is the conviction of the truth of anything. It's belief. In the New Testament, it's a conviction or a belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. Generally with the included idea of trust. It's one thing to believe. It's another thing to trust. In a situation, and I, 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 I'm not, I don't have it written down here. I'm going to have to grab one out of the air, which is always dangerous. We did the, the trust fall up here a few weeks ago, and, and Jen was standing up here facing the opposite direction. The whole idea of a trust fall is you put people behind her. Now, she believed there were people behind her until I made some qualifying statements. And then she didn't know for sure if those people were behind her. But you believe that there are people, and you believe that, you know, because it's said there are people behind you. The whole idea, the next level, which is faith, is trusting that when you actually fall backwards, that they'll catch you. That's faith. You put your faith in them. You also put your back and your neck and head and all the other areas that could get hurt. You put your faith in the fact that they're going to do what they said they're going to do. Interesting. Faith. You're believing that 
they are going to accomplish and fulfill what they said and promised they would do. Relating to God, the conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. Relating to Christ, a strong and welcome conviction of or belief that Jesus is the Messiah through whom we obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. The religious beliefs of Christians. Number four, if you're looking at the piece of paper, belief with the predominant idea of trust or confidence, whether in God or Christ, springing from faith in the same. I don't need to read the last part. You can read that. It doesn't necessarily strictly apply. But here's the scoop. It's one thing to believe that God exists. We have to believe that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. How does He reward us? He rewards us by doing what He said He would do. What did He say He would do? He said that if, you, if we put our trust, our faith in Christ, that at the day of judgment, at that moment of judgment, when our, our whole existence hangs in the balance of eternity separated from God or eternity with God, our faith has to be in the fact that He rewards us because we're putting our faith in Him with salvation, with eternity, with God. I believe that God was God all my life. I've always believed. I've never, there's never been a moment in my life that I can remember, anytime, ever. I mean, I, re- I, have, I have crib memories. My, 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 our families joke about this. There's a study that says that very intelligent people have crib memories. <laughs> you have your story, I have mine. <laughs> but I can remember going to church as a small child. Very small. I mean, I remember, you know, smaller than him. And I was never smaller than him, but I mean, I was... <laughs> Small. I remember sitting there and listening to the to the pastors talk about God, and I've I've always believed that there is God. Now, the difference is I've not always put my faith in His ability to take me into into eternity with Him. People can believe that there's a God, but they aren't saved unless they said, you know what, that's the reason. Eternity is secure is because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Now, you could put your faith into all kinds of things. I could put my faith, or somebody could put their faith into, I know that my secure, my, my eternal is, or my eternity is secure because I am a good person. Hey, 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 hey. Settle down over there. But we know that isn't what gets you there. It's not because you've done more good things than bad. Because any bad thing already tips the scale to fail. You don't get there. It's only because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's the only way. 
It's the only thing. It's the only answer. I mean, it, it is, it's a, the, 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 the chasm is a billion miles wide. And the only way for, from, to get from, uh, from where we start out, uh, sinful, uh, uh, at nature, sinful bir- at birth, we start there and go to an eternity of perfect is only because God says, you trust me. I believe it. I'm going to, you put your trust in me. I'm going to place you there. Our righteousness is not earned. Our righteousness is believed and our faith is put in Him. I have, you know, that there's that old hymn, there's only one plea. I only have one plea, and that is the blood of Jesus. I don't have any hope. None of us have any hope unless Jesus really did what He said He did, or with the Bible, what the Bible said He did, and that he can do that at that moment of judgment. Now I'm, I'm putting all in. I'm all in on this. And I know many of you are all in on this. There's only one hope. But that's the difference between belief and faith. Is that you, you believe that the, that the circumstances exist... But unless you put your faith in it, unless you say, I'm all in that that's the truth, and I, and I am gonna, that's the only way this is gonna happen. If we don't do that, then we're not in faith. We might be in belief, but we're not in faith. Now, that's an easy one. We can do it with salvation. That's easy. Easier for, you know, for many of us who are, that we've already taken that step. We've already stepped over into the realm of you know what god my sins are 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 not i can't take care of them i don't i there's no way i can deal with this there's no way that i'll ever be perfect in your sight i put in my faith that what jesus did on the cross gets me into eternity because i really want to be in eternity with you most of us are here i believe most of us i believe that almost everybody in here is is at that is at that place but what about the other stuff because faith, it's the only way to please God. It's the only, you have to use faith for all the other things. For example, provision. Daily provision. Why are you daily provided for? Why is it that you have enough food to eat and your kids have enough food to eat and you have clothes on your back and you have a house to live in and you have this and you have that? Why is that? Is it because you work hard? Is it because you're a good person? Is it because, well, you're entitled to have that? Is it because of all these other reasons? No. There's a, there's a joke that I like, and you've probably all heard it, and it won't take too long, I promise, but it, it, it really illustrates this matter. There were a bunch of scientists who got a hold of God and said, Hey God, we don't need you anymore. We have figured out how to produce life in the laboratory. And God said, Okay, uh, let's see it. So the scientists uh, went out and they got a big bucket of dirt and they put it on the, on the table and they started to form it. And he goes, Whoa, 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 get your own dirt.
because these verses talk about that God created everything that exists out of nothing. The only reason, I, I, I believe it was Paul who said, yeah, it was Paul, in him we live and breathe and have our very being. If it wasn't for his air, we would all end in the next 30 seconds, minute. It's his air. It's his ground. It's his world. It's his, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he owns a thousand hills. The only reason I exist is because of him. The only reason the heathen exists is because of him. They just don't acknowledge it. That is the grace of God. Every moment they breathe is grace that God gives them, trying to show them His love and His mercy, that He exists and that He wants to reward them if they would diligently seek Him. That's grace. So how, how do we live in provision? We could be proud because there are all kinds of, of, of heathen or, or all kinds of agnostics or all kinds of atheists who they're provided for, aren't they? The difference is I give all glory to God. And that's the right place. They could, they could give all glory to themselves, their own wisdom, their own ability to produce, their own whatever, but it's not, they're not right. They're, they're actually wrong. It's only the mercy of God that they have stuff. Faith in our daily provision is between us and God. It's because He provided it for us. Healing. Healing. Anybody here know of anyone who was miraculously healed? Anyone? doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be grandma, so-and-so. Does anybody here know of anybody who was miraculously healed? Okay. Just make it easy for you. I was miraculously healed. Now everybody here knows somebody who was miraculously healed. Old story. So it's, I've told this how many times. I could tell you five or six of how God power, miraculously touched my body and healed me. One of them was carpal tunnel. I was working in a factory. I was married. I was newly married. I was working. I had worked with my hands for so long that the muscles in my, in my arm, the, the sinew or the, the tendons in my arm were absolutely shot. My fingers were numb most of the day, all day long, working. Working and got to the point where they're not only, my hand was not only numb, but then it was shooting pain up my arms. And I was lifting these 40 pound canisters out of a rack all day long, all day long, all day long. And I got to the point where I couldn't lift them anymore. I had gone to the doctor. The doctor said, you need surgery. These are so bad. They took all the x-rays, ran all the, all the everything. And he got to the point where he says, you need surgery. If you don't have surgery, they're going to be completely wasted. You'll never, your arms will never heal. They'll never be right. They'll always, you'll always be in pain. They'll never be able to work right. You need this surgery. I did not want to do surgery. I'm a wuss. Or whatever. But I was working one day, and it was, and it was, the pain was getting worse and worse to the point I just about I could not lift the cans out anymore. And I said, Father, I know you can heal. 
Your word says you can heal. I wasn't coercing him. I wasn't putting him on the rack. I wasn't, I wasn't putting the thumb screws to him. I was just saying, I believe that what your word says is true. And I know other people who have been miraculously healed. I believe this stuff is for today. I believe it. Now, it's one thing to believe it. But what had to happen next was, I trust that you're going to heal me. I'm going to put my trust that your word not only worked for grandma so-and-so and sister so-and-so and Uncle Bob or whatever. I'm going to put my trust in the fact that you are going to do that for me. Lord, I ask you to heal me. And instantaneously, at that moment, standing there at that table, my hands have not been numb since. The pain went away. I've never had to deal with it since. Instantaneous healing, right then and there, boom, happened. Now, I also have a toe. My big toe has been numb for about a year. Now, I don't usually tell people this because when they tell them, they go, I think you have, what's that word? <laughs> numb toe, no, not, that's, that's, that's not the scientific... <laughs> The whole sugar thing, what is that? Diabetes. You have diabetes. And, you know, your toes are going to go. And my grandmother died that way. She had diabetes and a lot. So, you have, so I don't tell people, okay? So, I don't, so what do I do? I pray. God, my to, I know, you know I've, I've gone through the tests. I know it's not that. I don't have any diabetes. I don't even have pre-diabetes. I am a healthy specimen. Right, Sam, before <laughs> But for over a year, I've been, I've been praying and speaking to that toe. You are healed, and, and I am healed, this toe. And guess what? There's still parts of it that are still numb. I don't know why I was instantaneously healed that time and wasn't instantaneously healed this time, although I'm feeling more and more sensations in my toe all the time. I'm not going to put God in a box and say it has to happen exactly the way it happened last time or for, the, for that person or this person. I just believe He heals. And I continue to walk out my life. I'm putting my trust in the fact that God heals. Now, when Debbie had gave birth to Ethan, and we've heard that story. We've seen, if you haven't heard that story, go back a few years into the context. Ethan was born premature. Deb almost died. Ethan almost died. I, I put my trust in God in that situation because I had no hope. But guess what we did? We took her to the hospital. We went to the doctor. You do the things you got to do to not end up on 60 minutes. <laughs> Praise God for doctors. Praise God for surgeons. Praise God for the giftings and callings that God has put on the medical field. We'll take every step, whatever te- whatever step we do those things. But we believe that ultimately the healing power of Jesus Christ is what happens. Anybody who's been healed, you feel rewarded. Rewarded. What is a rewarder? If you look through the word for rewarder, you probably already have. Oh, believe. Rewarders at the end. One who pays wages, a rewarder. One who pays wages. Paul said that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek. He pays wages. 
He reimburses. He, he, he gives onto people what they're expecting. Now, the way he does it is up to him. How he fulfills that. But we have to believe that he does it. We have to stand in faith that he does it. If we think, well, see, I can't go there yet. There's some more. We'll get to that point. I'm sorry for that. I shouldn't. I should go. No, 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 no. Never mind. What does believe mean? We believe that he is a rewarder. Is to think to be true, to be persuaded of, to give credit to, to place confidence in. Of the thing believed. Credit, it's confidence. In a moral or religious reference used in the New Testament of the conviction and trust to which a man is impelled by a certain inner and a higher prerogative, the law of the soul. To trust in Jesus or God as able to aid either in obtaining or doing something, saving faith. Now, it can be faith. Some people believe it's only saving faith. I don't. I believe the Bible shows us over and over and over and over in a place. It's, yes, it is saving faith, and praise God for saving faith. And if all we had was saving faith, man, we could rejoice for all of eternity. We get to go to heaven. But I believe, according to the Word of God, it's much more than just saving faith. It's also, he plan, he, his desire is to, is to provide for us, to, to protect us, to, to heal us, to, to, do, to be, a, as we co-labor with him, he rewards us by continuing to provide what we need in the situations that we need. We have to believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder. Here's my, here's my, challenge here's my here's your homework for the week remember how we've been reading through different chapters every day for a week as as you know we've been kind of going through different sermons this week i want you to read through hebrews 11 every day once a day it should take you about five minutes so it's a quick one it's a it's a quick read it's an easy read read through chapter 11 I'm going to leave it here this week. I'm not going to add any more to what, what, what I've said so far. I'm going to leave it here. I want you to, to, to seek God, ask Him questions. What I want you to do is, as you're reading through this week, start writing some questions. Then start writing the answers He gives you. Make sure they line up with the Word, right? Because that's where the, the, the answers always, His answers always line up with His, his existing Word, the written Word. But I encourage you to meditate on what is faith. God, show me where I, where I actually live by faith. Challenge me where I don't. Show me. Show me what your level, what your standard for faith is. What, what it is you're expecting me, me to believe you for. Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? That's a question that Jesus asked. That's a, that's a harsh question. But as we walk this out, we want to continue to grow in our response to what He's already done. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. Father, I pray that each and every one of us, as we continue to seek You, as we continue to, to listen for Your voice, I thank you, Father, that 
your word is true. And that one of the ways that you reward those who diligently seek you is your word says you answer us. And that the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. And so this morning, Father, as, as we take this step by faith, we do something to, to obey you. That as we seek you in this area and we read this chapter and as, as we put it at your feet, I pray, Father, that you'll give revelation Revelation knowledge to each and every one. Help us to understand what your word is saying to us about the life of faith, walking by faith, living by faith, and how we can please you more every day. Thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.